Hello, Rebels. You're listening to a free audio-only recording of my show, Rebel Roundup. Now, if you like listening to this podcast, then you would love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-format TV-style shows here on The Rebel. Subscribers get access to watching my weekly show, as well as other great TV-style shows, too. It's only $8 a month to subscribe, or you can subscribe annually and get two months free. And just for podcast listeners, you can also save an extra 10% on a new premium membership by using the coupon code PODCAST when you subscribe. Just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member. And please leave a five-star review on this podcast and subscribe in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those reviews are a great way to support Rebel News without spending a dime. And now, enjoy this free audio-only version of my show. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, three of our videographers went to Montreal last weekend, and the Montreal police promptly roughed them up, vandalized their equipment, ticketed them, and arrested them. And what was their heinous crime, you ask? Well, apparently, Practicing journalism is now illegal in La Belle Provence. Mocha Bezergen joins me to dish out all the egregious details. And just call it the pre-Easter miracle. Pastor James Coates was finally released from a maximum security prison and made his triumphant return to Grace Life Church, much to the delight of more than 600 parishioners. But not everybody was happy. Sheila Gunn-Reed has all the nitty-gritty details. And letters, we get your letters. We get them every minute of every day. And you had plenty to say about the March 20th Freedom Rally staged at Toronto's Queen's Park by the rank-and-file membership of Yahoo Nation. You know, the people who once upon a time identified as members of Ford Nation until Premier Ford actually threw his own base under the bus. <laughs> Amazing. Those are your Rebels, now let's round them up. You are targeting me because I'm recording, right? No, you're not recording. I just came here. Hey. You're allowed to record. Hey, I, yeah, I am recording. Okay, what are we going to give you a ticket? Are you telling me right now? Let's go. 
Hello guys, I'm Moka Bezergan with Rebel News. We just arrived at the scene of the protest in Montreal and as soon as we arrived, um, this police officer um, hold me from my arm. He pulled me over. She pulled me over here. She tried to put me in this police vehicle. Of course, I said, hey, I got I got two curfew tickets and one ticket for not wearing a mask outdoors. And this is also one of them. And never police asked me to stay inside the car. So I didn't go inside the car. The police in Montreal, they don't like being recorded. They specifically target people who are recording, I think, because this is this is my fourth time. And uh, they don't have body cams. So, so they don't, they don't have body cams. They don't, it's, it's not like Toronto. In Toronto, you know, hey there. Hey. Hi guys. Hey guys. So as you guys just saw, this lady was just cautious for not wearing a mask outside. Really, you're gonna touch those? You're gonna touch that mask with naked hands and give it to us? Okay, so I'm giving you the ticket. Yeah, okay, thank you. And this is your two pieces of ID. Okay, thanks. No, I don't have to. If you don't, yeah. Okay, you can give me hundreds of tickets. That's okay. I'm not gonna wear a mask that you touch like that. No. Would you like to take it for yourself? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have to. Yeah. Okay. Remember the good old days when cops issued parking tickets as opposed to issuing tickets for not wearing face masks. Oh, and by the way, how is it that so many Montreal cops don't understand that filming in a public place is perfectly legal? We're talking Southern Quebec here, not North Korea. And with more on the rough stuff rebel reporters received at the hands of Montreal's finest is none other than ace cameraman and film editor Mocha Bezergan, Mocha, welcome to Rebel Roundup for the first time ever. You've been here for a while and you're doing absolute great work, as my colleague Sheila Gunn-Reed likes to say when it comes to you and Efren and uh, everybody else. We don't deserve you. You're so hardworking. But I'll tell you this much. You sure didn't deserve the reception that you received at the hands of um, the Montreal police. How did everything go off the rails? What was the crime you were committing? Because as far as I'm concerned, you were merely practicing journalism. Well, if we want to talk about what happened last week, we can't because this is not the first time I was grabbed and given a face um, ticket for not wearing a face covering. Yes. Um, Well, we were driving to the protest area 
and Lincoln dropped me and Efron off there so that he could find a parking. And we just crossed the road. We didn't even get inside to the protest area yet. I mean, we weren't in the crowd. And then we saw two police officers walking and Scott, you know, just, I think they were just looking for someone to grab. And then um, we were recording them. So they noticed us. They kind of hide it behind some, somewhere, as you can see in the footage. And then I think they decided to, the female cop did this as, you know, as a gesture to, I, I guess, to other officers. And then she walked and then she turned towards me and then grabbed me by my arm not asking for ID, not telling me what crime I'm committing. She's, she was just like, um, sir, come here, and then grabbing me by my arm. Yeah. And and, but she extended some hospitality. I think you were feeling a little cold, so she offered you the warm comfort of sitting in the backseat of a police cruiser. Uh, well, I think she <laughs> thought that I was, uh, you know, just, you know, just a person who don't know the law or don't know. Yes. So she thought that if she were to say, oh, you have to sit inside the vehicle, I would be like, oh, I have to? Oh, okay, then I will. <laughs> but of course, I said, no, I, this is the fourth ticket I'm getting. Nobody tried to put me inside the back of a police cruiser. Yeah, and you're up to five tickets, I understand. Yes. Uh, curfew violations and mask violations. What is this deal, uh, Mocha, that in Quebec, you're supposed to wear a mask while you're outdoors? I don't understand, because many people... I mean, I've been to Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, many places in the last couple of months. And um, Montreal, compared to those places, is very lively. People are out and about. Yes. They're drinking. They're, um, many people not wearing masks. The parks are filled with people. So um, the police basically somehow has this right or authority to grab people by their arms if they're not wearing a mask and then issue them tickets. And not only do they have a ticket book, Mocha, but what I found perversely amusing is they actually carry around boxes of these masks. And I saw you and Afrin being offered one. First of all, the officer's hands are all over the mask. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, just a week ago, there was a cbc.ca story indicating that thousands and thousands of masks, I can't remember the exact number, in Quebec mm -hmm. are contaminated. Mm -hmm. They would cause more harm than good. Surely they don't expect anyone with half a brain cell to put one of those masks on. Yeah, this, and this happened twice. Um, this happened two weeks ago when the police you know, grabbed me by the arm and then issued me a ticket. And then he extended um, a mask to me w with my ID and my ticket and told me to wear it. If I won't wear it, I'll get another ticket. And I said, no, I'm not going to wear something you touch with your bare hands. And this happened last week, Kent, again, once again, with naked hands. Officer gives to another officer, and that officer extends to me and Efron. And I said, I'm not going to touch it. Touch, I'm not going to wear a mask that you touched with your bare hands. And she said, okay, would you like to pick it with your own hand? So I'm going to put my hand inside and then pick it, really? So th this tells me that this is, n this is not about safety. It, it's crazy. Um, like I said, these are potentially contaminated masks, even if they were wearing gloves. Mm -hmm. So in addition to the contaminated mask, uh, potentially, the officer is also getting his clammy hands over. I mean, you couldn't write this stuff. Another incredible thing, it happened in a conversation with our friend Yankee, uh, based out of Montreal. Mm -hmm. There was a female officer who, in French, 
so there's nothing lost in translation here. You can't play mm -hmm. that card. She referred to us as being part of <laughs> Jew media? Well, that happened now. <laughs> that was the first time, and yeah. then it happened the second time when the riot police grabbed Efron, and then um, while we were trying to record, um, they told Lincoln to stay off the road or he would get arrested for obstruction. Yeah. And then um, some officer said, oh, I know your friend Yankee, I know Rebel News. And then another officer turns like this and then says, oh, is he a Jew? <laughs> with that kind of tone of voice. And um, I discovered a second angle of the shoot where it is evident that it's the police officer who says that. So, yeah. And that's going to be in our main video. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what goes internally within them about w what they consider Rebel News is. It, it is surreal. When I saw that clip, I thought, is this Montreal in 2021 or Berlin in 1933? It was just off the charts inappropriate. You know, Mocha, uh, the audience might not know that you were uh, born and uh, partly raised in Turkey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what is your um, attitude there? Because I see Turkey, uh, especially in, you know, recent years, mm -hmm. as being ramping up more of a police state. Oh, yeah. Did you ever expect to see kind of Turkish-style policing come to Canada? Well, yeah. In Montreal, I felt very much like I was in Istanbul. Wow. Because in Istanbul, you're lucky if you don't get um, asked your ID when you're going outside from point A to point B. There are so many police officers in many major um, intersections, ma subway stations, and they would randomly stop people, ask for ID, and do a body, body search, wow. a back, sur back search. And um, it, is become, it, is, it is very invasive. And this is all being done under the... Um, you know, it's for safety to prevent. Safety. Yeah, yeah, safety to prevent terrorist attacks, blah, blah, blah. And you can't, you can't even be in a public place, in a public park, and um, record something, let's say, with yeah. your video, video camera. The security will come, the police will come, they will say, you need to get permission from the, you know, Same this, thing this, the this, Montreal this. police were saying to yeah. you, you can't record me. Mm -hmm. So when we go to Nathan Phillips Square, for example, yep. when the security comes up to us and says, oh, you need a permit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, th these are all the things that are reminding me of Istanbul, reminding me of Turkey. How sad is that? And I'm glad you mentioned Nathan Phillips Square because if anyone knows our employer, Ezra, Ezra Levent, it's the fact that we don't bend the knee here. He doesn't take guff from anyone. So while the police in Montreal might think they've uh, kicked us down the 401 to Toronto and never to come back, as General MacArthur said, um, I shall return and we shall return, all hands on deck to Montreal. We're gonna, we did the same thing at Nathan Phillips Square. We defied the security and the police. We went down there, as I said, all hands on deck with a lawyer who knew the law and I think we're going to do that in Montreal, maybe in a week or so, uh, because we, like I said, we're not going to bend the knee. The, we are still in a country that has a constitution and the Charter of Rights, and they are not allowed to violate them in the guise of safety. Well, we're going to see what's going to happen in the coming days. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting because I have the feeling that this is not going to end well. A hundred percent. And uh, I guess you're going to be excited for that. I'm sure yeah, uh, oh, you yeah. can hardly wait. Well, uh, Mocha, thank you so much no for problem. joining me uh, on Rebel Roundup. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the Montreal police, 
Next time you see our beloved Big Turk, don't be a big jerk. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. Sheila Gunn-Reed for Rebel News here at Grace Life Church west of Edmonton, Alberta. Now this is the first Sunday since the pastor here, Pastor James Coates, was released from provincial custody after spending 35 full days in a maximum security facility for violating a public health order. Now Coates was first taken into custody February 16th for failing to comply with an undertaking that would require him to limit his congregation to 15% of fire code capacity. That order also would force the congregation to wear masks and require them to social distance. Now these measures are something that Coates and the congregation here say would violate their ability to practice their faith in the way that they see fit. Now it's the beginning of Holy Week, the most important week of the Christian calendar. The church here was at 619 people, which is 100% of fire code capacity, as it has been pretty well consistently since Coates was first taken into custody. Now, Coates was released when a deal was struck between Coates' lawyers from the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms and the Crown that would see the public health charge dropped, a second public health charge proceeding to trial in May, and the criminal charge of failure to comply with that undertaking, now that's the one that landed Coates in jail in the first place, resolved with just a $100 fine and one day served in jail, which Coates had naturally already served. He actually served 34 extra ones. However, the justice who had to sign off on the deal, Justice Jeffrey B. Champion, increased the financial penalty to $1,500 because apparently 35 days in jail that Pastor Coates had already served, well, I guess that according to the judge, was not a deterrent enough. Now, today has been an exciting day. The media presence was quite heavy, which is strange given that media interest has waned in the past few weeks. But maybe the media knew something was going to happen today, and we'll get to that in a second. The mainstream media brought a total of six security guards with them, and they all stood as they normally do in the ditch off of church property because... Unlike me, they are not allowed on. Now, to be clear, this church has engaged in completely peaceful resistance to the public health orders to the point where their pastor was imprisoned for weeks. This congregation isn't violent. It isn't a threat to anybody. What we saw from the media was just public victimhood theater from a mainstream media that seems almost purposeful in its misunderstanding of Christianity. So there you have it. This past Sunday, Pastor James Coates, AKA Alberta's public enemy number one, made a triumphant return to Grace Life Church after spending more than a month in a maximum security facility in Edmonton. His crime, preaching the gospel. And with more on the ongoing saga, Pastor Coates, is one of the few journalists allowed to actually come onto the property of the Grace Life Church, none other than Sheila Gunn-Reed. Welcome to Rebel Roundup, Sheila. Hey, David, thanks for having me on the show. I, I, it's not one of the few journalists. I'm the only journalist. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of them have to stand off-site in the ditch um, and take, I mean, they, they're outside. They're standing far away from each other. And they're all wearing masks. And, it's, <laughs> and, and you know, it's, but, you know, that's the thing, Sheila. That's what I love to do. Um, under promise and over deliver. So the fact that you were the only journalist there, that makes uh, the call to action that much greater. But Sheila, there is so much to discuss here. And we ended the clip with the mainstream media, you know, that we were just talking about, hanging out near that ditch you spoke of, given <laughs> that they are indeed persona non grata. But what was the deal with that huge security presence they brought along? 
Who do they think attends Grace Life Church, the rank and file of Antifa? Yeah, they brought along six security guards. <laughs> and you know, some of them, and I'm not trying to be rude here, but I don't know if some of those security guards could have chased down too many people, but they made the media feel better about themselves. But yeah, I mean, this is a church where they're so committed to peaceful resistance to a bad law that their pastor turned himself in to provincial authorities. He didn't go on the lam. He didn't resist arrest. Um, the only time this church has ever resisted anything is when they are, you know, stand firm in not letting health inspectors in and the RCMP in to the church services to disrupt them. And they keep the media off the property. They don't even necessarily keep the police off the property. They let the police, if they want, come and sit in the parking lot and, car and count cars. I mean, they're so committed to doing this peacefully. The idea that these people needed uh, security, I mean, it's what it really is, is public theater, right? That yeah. they want every they want everybody else who's driving by and taking pictures and the media taking pictures of themselves to say, oh, look how dangerous it is, these Christians, and look how brave we are reporting on these this controversial cult if yeah. you cover the mainstream media coverage of them. B brave media members that need uh, half a dozen security officers for a bunch of uh, church-going Christians. I guess at least we know in Alberta who is not in the media going to be going to be dispatched to uh, any kind of war zone because <laughs> they, they would likely uh, wet their pants in that environment. But Sheila, at the end of the day, the question of course is this. You have a facility, a church, and you have a facility, a Walmart or a Costco, and you have hundreds in each of these buildings, and the gospel of Costco and the gospel of Walmart is okay, but it isn't okay to preach the gospel in an actual church. How does Premier Kenny even justify this so-called logic? Not only that, recently restrictions were eased on retail so that uh, more people could be in the stores based on the square footage and the fire code. But that wasn't the case for church services. And it isn't the case for church services as we are in Holy Week. So for me as a Catholic, I mean, there's things going on just about every single day that I should be in attendance. Um, but fire code restricts it to just 15% of capacity. Um, so, you know, we're not seeing any retail managers being stuffed in prison um, for going over the fire code. And we know that happens all the time in retail. But, oh, it's just an accident, Ugh, it's whatever. But because this church said, we, we are going to defy this bad law and we will face the consequences that come with it, Pastor Coates became a political prisoner. That's really what he was. In the entire Western world, one of the few political prisoners in a place that has a motto that we are strong and free. I mean, that's false advertising at this point. It's unbelievable. And, and Sheila, not only are executives of Walmart and Costco being hauled into prison, I can tell you in Ontario, when those executives from the head office in the U.S. come up, 
uh, not only are they not put in prison, they waive the Quarantine Act. They don't have to quarantine. They're very important senior executives. So I'm really getting tired, Sheila, of the hypocrisy, you know, that the Wuhan virus, it'll affect certain groups, but not other groups. And it really comes down to um, not who you are, but who you know. If you're part of the elites, there's a different set of rules than for everybody else. And I don't see, again, how our elected officials, our bureaucrats, our chief medical health officers, who I think are becoming drunk on power, Sheila. These were not people anyone could name a year ago. Now they're household names. I think enough is enough. And um, moving forward with um, Grace Life Church, what is the end game here? Are, are, has Pastor Coates won? Is this an all-out victory? Or can this church and this pastor expect yet more harassment from the usual suspects? Well, it would seem that way. I, I mean, the police and the health inspectors were in attendance and tried to enter the church on the very first Sunday that Pastor Coates was back. And Pastor Coates did not give the sermon, not unexpected. I mean, he didn't have his seminary tools with him when he was in prison. So he didn't have a sermon prepared, but he did give an prayers at the beginning and prayers at the end. And, you know, you could tell uh, it's pretty frightening, pretty um, jarring when you've just been out of jail after 35 days, the way Pastor Coates was. And now for the first time in five weeks, the RCMP are trying to enter your church. Um, it seems to me that the harassment isn't going away. But when I did that interview with Pastor Coates, I flat out asked him, would you do it again? And it would appear he's not only would he do it again, he's going to do it again, as in he's going to be up on the pulpit on Easter Sunday. And if, you know, he has to go back to jail to be obedient and, and to be a man of conscience, well, he told me that's what he's willing to do. And his family's standing by him, and so is his congregation. What a principled man, because I know, I've never been in that institution, thank God, but I know that maximum security facility in Edmonton is a place nobody in their right mind wants to spend one day in, let alone 35 days. And I guess we should wrap it here, Sheila. One last point. Again, I bring it back to Premier Kenny. I think he really wears the hair shirt when it comes to this. Um, when he was a cabinet minister uh, under the Stephen Harper federal government, he was responsible for a religious freedom bill. I guess we didn't read the fine print. That meant religious freedoms for countries abroad. It didn't mean for provinces within Canada. Or am I misreading this, Sheila? No, you're exactly right. When Jason Kenney was in Stephen Harper's cabinet, central to the foreign policy goals of uh, the Harper government was religious freedom. I guess abroad <laughs> and not so much at home. Um, you know, they had the uh, basically an embassy of religious freedom, the office of religious freedom. And it was meant to help pastors experiencing exactly what Pastor Coates is going through in places like China. Um, I never thought that we would need an office of religious liberty back here at home, but maybe we do. Uh, but who formulates that for us? Who creates something like that for us? The NDP, they're chanting for that church to be closed. They're chanting for Pastor Coates to be locked up and the continued suffering of his family. That's Those are our options here in Alberta. Bad and even worse when it comes to this file. <laughs>
Yeah, I think we'll wrap it there. Dumb and Dumber uh, depicts the government and the uh, official opposition in Alberta these days when it comes to charter rights and freedoms in lieu of the Wuhan virus. Sheila, excellent journalism. Uh, the only journalism, because you're the only journalist that got onto the property. And thanks so much for weighing in on this issue. Great, David. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too, my friend, and happy Easter. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the northern hinterland of Alberta. Keep it here, folks. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. None of the fines, it all, they all get thrown out too, right? So, I, and you know what? There's a very interesting thing. The Bowmanville cops have been quite lovely. Even though they come, they have told me, we're waiting for all of you to stand up because once you stand up, we stand up. People, the general public thinks that these rights are guaranteed to us and they are guaranteed to us, but the only way they continue to be guaranteed to us is by exercising these rights and fighting for them on a daily basis in any way we legally can. The world has become so easy, like first world countries are so easy that idiots and people that don't know a lot can really thrive. And they outnumber the rest of us. Most people don't go to the gym. So they don't realize how good it would be, how huge of an impact it would have during a pandemic. We all gonna stick together. It's, it's not going to get any better. And to see something like that, and we're not allowed to carry our own country's flag, Travis. David Menzies for Rebel News here at Queen's Park in Toronto. Well, folks, this is a huge day of protests the world over. In fact, as I'm speaking right now, there are huge protests uh, all over Europe going on, from Germany and the UK to Croatia and Switzerland. This is by people who are sick of the lockdowns, sick of being unemployed, sick of not being able to go to the gym, and they're voicing their opinion. Now, it's very interesting, almost a year ago on these very grounds is when the so-called Yahoo Nation protests began. And uh, folks, just check out the video. These were indeed peaceful protests, and for some reason or another, it was... It was actually tolerated back then. Check out this footage from last spring. This is the site of another protest by Torontonians and others who want to get the economy open. Now, you may recall Premier Doug Ford, his response to these people, well, he called them a bunch of yahoos. This was Premier Ford's slur against the group that appeared here. But as we know, when it came to the new year, starting in January, the authorities took a very different view of peaceful protesters. And by the way, that's what these anti-lockdown people are. Not mostly peaceful protesters, but actually 100% peaceful protesters. Check out how our rights to assemble for free speech, uh, even freedom of the press, were trampled upon at Young Dundas Square going back to this January. They're looking for people that hold signs. They're looking for people that speak into a megaphone because in Tyrant Tories Toronto, that is apparently against the law. So, so it is that Young Dundas Square is a no man's land. Uh, it should be the heart of the city. That's clearly not the case. So here, the demonstrators have gathered on the northern lawns of Queen's Park. And uh, it's kind of a, a funny vibe. Unlike several weeks ago when the demonstrations were far smaller, 
the police aren't exerting themselves in terms of arresting people for, oh, I don't know, such egregious crimes as displaying a sign decrying communism, flying a Canadian flag, quoting biblical passages, or, or simply for standing on a street corner. Uh, yeah, talk about herd immunity. It doesn't look like the police are going to assert their authority in terms of trampling these people and their constitutional rights. So how do you like them apples, folks? Apparently, all one needs for Toronto police to modify their bully boy behavior is for a critical mass of people to show up at an anti-lockdown demonstration. It shouldn't be that way, but we are now residing in Torytown, which is becoming more and more of a shithole every day thanks to our testicular challenged mayor. In any event, you had plenty to say about those anti-lockdown demonstrators who finally got to have their say without any of them being ticketed and hauled off in a paddy wagon. Canadian Breeze writes, what can the government do if 35 million people have had enough? Nothing. Bingo, Canadian Breeze. Just imagine if the lion's share of shopkeepers followed Adam Skelly's rebel stance back in November. Well, I don't have to imagine because this lockdown would finally be over. Tom C. writes, these are clearly peaceful protesters. The only violence has been from the police. You are correct, sir. And from racial justice protesters last summer, don't forget. But the Wuhan virus protocols don't apply to them because, well, <laughs> they're special. Lynn Pringle writes, our rights have been trampled on. Just last weekend, there was a protest against racism. No police, no problem, even though people were packed. It was okay for that, but not to protest for your given rights. That is the reality right now. We are under totalitarian government. You know, you are correct, Lynn. The protest you speak of was one to denounce anti-Asian hate, something that the left is blaming on, if you can believe it, Donald Trump. And no, I'm not making that up. The protesters jammed into Nathan Phillips Square. You know, that place where the city security guards tried to arrest us for practicing journalism last summer. And despite this illegal gathering, nobody to my knowledge was charged with anything. And I reached out to the mayor's office and the city of Toronto spokesman and the Toronto police spokeswoman to understand why this double standard was being tolerated. And guess what? Radio silence from all three parties. So not only are they hypocrites, they're cowards too. Davina Marshall writes, not a mask in sight. I love it. Oh, I love it too, Davina. I'm sick of seeing people wearing those disgusting face diapers. Who knew that when Billy Idol recorded Eyes Without a Face in 1983, that he was actually talking about the world in 2021? Lessa 21 Abel writes, I just got a call to ask for money for Ford for next year when I asked when he was going to open up the province and when the churches were going to be opened, they hung up on me. Ford, not a penny until you open the province completely. Wow, Lessa 21 Abel, what a story. The PCs phone you begging for money and when you respond with a perfectly reasonable request, they hang up the phone. Disgusting, but not surprising. After all, Premier Doug Ford has hung up on Ford Nation ever since he branded them as being a bunch of yahoos last year. How profoundly sad. 
And Robin Burnett Hillzub writes, Great job, Rebel News. You have become Canadian heroes. We so appreciate you. Well, thanks for the kind words, Robin. But our heroism is simply doing our job of covering such events. Oh, and by the way, how many members of the mainstream media came out that day? Well, the number rhymes with hero. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night. Good night.